caring for children has always been one of the deepest and most satisfying things a human being can do. The world is changing and there's never been a more important time for childcare business owners to start marketing their businesses. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about everything that can help you grow your childcare business and stand out in a crowded market. Welcome to the Childcare Business Growth Podcast. Okay, so we are live. Hey, everyone, it's Nikki from Childcare Business Growth. I hope you guys are having a super amazing uh, day. I wanted to introduce you to a very good friend of mine, Beth Cannon. Now, Beth's been on with us previously, but Beth, for the benefit of those that don't know you, which I'm sure is only a very small minority, uh, but just give us a quick intro to you and your amazing skill set and everything that you get up to on a day-to-day basis, if you don't mind. Thanks, Nick, for having me. Um, I, I love my ECE people. And so I've, I've been in the ECE industry for about 24 years now, started as a franchise owner of Stretch and Grow, which is an enrichment program where we go into centers. And I'm the corporate trainer for Stretch and Grow International. So, you know, for 20 years, I've been training ECE business owners and leaders. And so uh, it's kind of started out with that niche inside of our business. And then in the last 20 years, it's just kind of exploded and kind of spilled into how can I help centers with this, the business and leadership strategy experience I have. And so I do some, uh, a few very small uh, consulting clients that I work with, um, a lot of group coaching. I speak at conferences. I've had the privilege to speak on some of the most amazing stages, including yours uh, in our industry. And I do leadership and team building retreats. And so I help ECE leaders figure out what's not working in their business as far as their culture and their strategies and their back office systems and work with them to give them strategies to give them greater time freedom so that they can be freed up to enjoy and experience their team instead of being bogged down in the administrative tasks that don't make them money and don't bring them joy. I, I love that. But what I want to ask you is, why did you kind of go into that? Where did your passion come from? What What was it that you saw, for example, that was maybe not going well, or you saw areas that could be improved that encourage you to provide this support for people? Well, it started with school culture. Um, you know, I would, I, I used to spend so much time cre- being really intentional before it was even a thing, right? I was country when country wasn't cool, trying to really work on the culture in my center because I knew that we had to deliver an experience for these kids. It wasn't just a product or a service. It was an experience. And so it really kind of happened organically. Nick, people just began to ask like, Hey, can you come train my team? Like you trained your team? Sure. Right. You know, I can share some tips. And so it really just started with people asking me to do it. Then when COVID hit, it really exploded because I used to teach, I mean, I've spoken at conferences for many, many years, but mostly, you know, local, a few here and there. But when COVID hit and the world shut down, everyone's eyes went to the internet and we were like, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? And I, what I saw was a gap in that so many of our leaders did not have any leadership training. They didn't have any experience. And statistics will say 90% of early childhood leaders had no official leadership training. 90%. Most came from a classroom where they learned, where they're great teachers, but they yeah. didn't have that leadership training. And so there was just an opportunity. And I, you know, our business completely shut down. I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, okay, I can take what I know and I can just get online. I'd never even done a Facebook live before, Nick, and just, oh, really? wow. what I know. and, um, you know, it all started when, you know, when the world was really shut down and, but the true, I mean, I love people and I love helping people. And I knew that I had information that could help people. So I was just super passionate to get that information out to whoever I could help. 
that's amazing and, and i've listened to a lot of your talks about what the one you did um at our event as well was amazing the feedback we had from that session you know how to work with those people from different personality types different backgrounds and you know i think that was a big light bulb moment for a lot of leaders to understand that you know it was before why is this person not listening to me why do they not understand how i'm communicating with them but there was a lot of light bulbs going off for people when they understood how they need to adapt maybe the way they communicate so yeah. uh, i love that one so today we're specifically talking about the book childcare top tips um you know we're obviously on a big push on this right now because this book is all about raising as much money for charities we can um, all the money goes from this book goes to operation underground railroad which is help free children from sex slavery around the world it's just horrendous what goes on and if you guys ever get a chance to go and check them out make sure you go to OUR, uh, Operation Underground Railroad, and uh, you'll see what the amazing work that they do. So, Beth, tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, what we're going to do is just going to give people maybe three tips that you cover off in the book around your area of expertise, if you don't mind. So um, this book, just so everyone knows, we cover off what we've done is we've asked, all, we've asked all the industry experts to give us their top 10 tips to cut out all the fluff. And if someone was going to them paying for a day of their expertise, what would their top 10 tips be? So Beth, what would some of your tips be for all those that are listening? Well, I really feel like if they zone in on these three things, it will help so many so many areas. So I focus on the strategies, the structure, and the system. So those are my, my three kind of memory keys. So the strategy, it all goes back to realigning your team with your vision and your values. You know, not everyone is for you. And I think in this crisis of childcare, we've just gotten to where we're, we're hiring worn bodies who can pass the background check and we're trying to fit them into a hole that they may or may not fit in. And so we're not, so there, there is a who and there's a not a who, right? So I think it's really important that you align your vision and your values and you constantly, the leader is constantly casting the vision. This is who we want to be in our community. This is who we want to attract. What is our staff brand? They don't think about, that their staff has a brand. So um, I think the strategy to really be clear, and if you don't know what your core values, you know, don't, don't go to a list and pick 14 of them that no one's going to remember. Pick, you know, four or five or six that you can really dive into and that you can lead out of. Because if you go back to your values, I don't think you need a lot of rules. That's good you know, I, 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 I firmly believe that. Like one of ours is we team up for the kids. What does teaming up for the kids mean? Well, it means that we show up. It means that we're a team player. It means that we don't say, well, that's not in my job description or that's not what I get paid to do. You know, we need people who are team players because, you know what, on, on any given day, you might not be the one to change diapers. But guess what? If an infant teacher is called in and a diaper needs to be changed, we need people who understand we're here to take care and nurture these kids. And so the values and the flexibility of creating team players starts with the leader. 100%. So, yeah. Okay. So that's, that's tip number one. Yeah. And then the structure, uh, you know, the, the, the structure of your uh, the structure of your business. You know, are you how do you turn your team's talent into performance? And I think a lot of that starts with training. Again, uh, casting casting vision. You know, I'm a big believer that no one is reading your paper manual. So if you give if you are still giving a paper manual to your teachers and either you're sitting with them and having grown up circle time and, and hoping that they hear you when you tell them what you need to tell them you know, minus all the 27 interruptions that you have when you're trying to do this orientation and then things you forget and you don't clearly cast the vision because you're just trying to make sure that they understand what to do. 100%. Yeah. And so I think creating training materials that are going to help stick, I think that is huge. 
um, you know, when it comes to structuring and turning that talent into performance, you know, not doing things like having a one year review that is zero percent effective. You know, you need to give people feedback on a regular basis. Have those one on ones. Talk to them about what's working, what's not working, what needs to change. Are you really intentional about, you know, creating leaders and, and working with your A team and, and figuring out, you know, do, when you when you see people that you want to move into leadership, even mentorship, um, you know, are you do you see where, where your company's going? And when you talk to these people, do they get it? Do they understand what you're doing? Do they want to do it? Like, do they see themselves as a part of the team that gets to the head of the boat, locks arms and helps the other people row, right? You know, do they get it and do they really, do they want it? You know, what do they want and how can you do that? So I think that is super important. Quick one before you go on, if you don't mind. Yeah. Do you find that people, leaders sometimes unintentionally, but say to you, I don't have the time to do that. Do you ever come across that as a barrier? All the time. And I say, well, then if you don't have the time to do that, then do you have the time to be a forever recruiter? Do you have the time to constantly be refilling your bench? Because those people aren't going to stay. So where do you want to do? Do you want to invest your time in your team? Or do you want to invest your time into trying to, to keep to keep that constant burn and churn? Are you, are you churning and burning? Or are you motivating and developing? Yeah, that's what okay. I that's what I would say. And I'll be honest with you guys listening to this, that it was something that I didn't spend enough time doing right at the start when we first started, you know, our businesses, because you're so busy trying to, you know, grow the business and, and, and focus on so many different things, spinning so many plates. But it really is. Just, it does come back to bite you, as Beth pointed out. You know, I love that analogy of forever filling your bench, because it is literally going to be a rotating door all the time if you're not spending that time investing in them and allocating that. You know, core, you know, reviews, just being with them all the time, just consistently supporting them and making sure they're on board. I love that. So that's our, that's our structure. And then moving on to our systems. Yeah, our systems. So, so many of my ECE leaders don't even know what an SOP is. And an SOP is a standard operating procedure. So a lot of them don't take time to build out the back end office and so much of their business is in their brain. Yeah. So one of the things that I love to teach is get your business out of your brain. Get it into some very specific, clear, how do you do this? So that when something comes up, you don't have to either do it yourself or there's a very simple step-by-step -step way of this is how to do it. Like, for example, we had dance recitals in, uh, in our company this week. Okay. And so getting my leadership team, I've got a new leader. <clears throat> so when it came time to, here's the communication sequence that needs to go out to parents. It's done. You know, 60 days out, you do this. 30 days out, you know, that all, all of the, you know, all the benchmarks, here's the, here's the trigger, here's the workflow. And this is what it looks like. So, and I know that you and I are both kind of geeks about workflows, right? Like I having things in that. place so that you don't have to think about, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I supposed to do with this now? And so um, I think it's very, very important that the systems that they have in place are going to be easy for them. And again, this doesn't have to be something that's like this super expensive, complicated software. I mean, you, you can have that. And there are things like that out there, but you can even put your SOPs inside of Google Doc folders and that's free. Right. And it's just the way that you organize it and, and then keeping that clear and consistent communication because, you know, parents get frustrated when things aren't communicated clearly. Teachers get frustrated when things aren't communicated clearly. And what happens when you don't have systems, Nick, is that you drop balls. Yeah. And what's interesting is that so many people will say, oh, my gosh, Beth, I wish I, I wish I could think the way you think. I just don't think that way. Here is the truth. Neither do I. 
which is why I need systems in place because I have experienced the pain of not having systems. Like I have those SOPs for dance recitals because I've screwed up before and I've gotten to the night before the recital and thought, oh my gosh, I didn't send reminders. I hope the parents remember to bring their dance shoes, you know, just yeah. things like that. Totally. And so, and even in my own training and speaking business, you know, I, if I'm not really clear on and consistent on communicating with my clients, how, how is that follow through going to happen? And so you just have to be really intentional um, and try your best to not drop balls because no one's perfect. There's no perfect system. But when you put systems in place that you know work, you rely on the systems and you don't rely on your brain. I love that. Do you mind? I'm just going to share two examples there. Um, we, we get a lot of questions from people saying to us, you know, what do I include in my onboarding area? What, you know, my videos, what things should I be doing? I said, anything you're doing right now, and you don't feel there's an SOP for that thing, record it as you're doing it. Because one of the barriers we often come across is I don't have the time to go and make these SOPs. Well, if you're doing the task right now, record it there and there. It doesn't have to be, as you said, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be expensive. It is just literally recording that thing. And I want to share one example. We, we had a client recently say to us, I'm working all sorts of crazy hours. Um, I said, oh, well, talk to me about your day. And the short story was, he said, well, my team are always asking me to do things they don't know how to do, even though I've shown them a million times before. I said, okay, give me an example. The dishwasher. Three times a day, my team will come and ask me how to use the dishwasher. I said, okay, right? So what we're going to do, we're going to take, we're going to go into the room right now, and we're going to record the video exactly how to do that thing. And then what we're going to do is we're going to create a little QR code for you, and we're going to stick that on the front of the dishwasher. And anytime your team comes to you from now on, they go, I don't know how to use the dishwasher. All they can do is scan that QR code, and the video is going to load for them straight away. He said, that would be amazing. We'll buy back my time. What else can we systemize? And, and I think you're right. Once you start to get them in the mindset of realizing, okay, I could get all these things off my plate and there'll be re repeatable, a repeatable process because I've got the way I want it done, that's it. it. It just changes everyone's life completely. I remember we had a client during uh, lockdown send us 182 videos and they went round their center and recorded every single thing the way they wanted it done. Um, I, I just think that, that point there alone is worth just you know, the value that best provided. So strategies, making sure you get everyone on board with your vision and values. Structure, make sure you get the team, you know, go through, give them that, um, the, 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 the training, the onboarding, the ongoing support, and obviously the systems, the SOPs there. Beth, anything else that you would say that maybe something that's come along recently? Is anything that, you know, has kind of caught your eye or triggered a light bulb moment for you recently that's come up that you would say, hey, this is something I'm finding right now that we maybe need to pick up on. Yes. Um, again, and, and, it, and it sounds so kind of ethereal, like it's kind of up here floating around, but you know, it goes back. I, I think it's it, so much of it goes back to our values. Um, you know, being very intentional about our, about our values. Now we've had some kind of issues in our team a little bit. And we're, so we look back and figure out again, what's working, what's not working, what needs to change. Everyone who has not worked out for us, it's been a values alignment issue. Okay. And even though I'm clear on my values, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, nothing is perfect, right? And we hired some people that had great resumes that said all the right things in the interview, but there were some red flags. And here's the deal, Nick, sometimes red flags are on fire. And even though we know what to do, yeah. we ignore those red flags because we think, well, maybe this strength will compensate this 
weakness. So we tell ourselves this story that, that that's what's going to happen. And it's not because if that weakness goes back to values, it's not going to, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. No, I don't believe any strength in work that you have can overcome the core of who, of who you are. And so I think it's the, it's the spending time. And a lot of leaders don't want to hear that, that you've got to spend time. And here's the thing, if you're an owner and you're more of an absentee owner, then make sure that the leaders of your team understand what it's like to lead. And so I have been relentless about going to my leaders because they'll come to me and say, Beth, come train my team. We have all these issues. Come train my team. And I'm like, I can train your team. But that's like me being a doctor and you telling me you have a headache and me telling you to take aspirin. Totally. You keep having really hard, really bad headaches. We need to take a look inside and see what's happening in your head. Because what if you've got like a tumor that's pressing on the stem of your brain? And that's why you're having headaches. You've got to go in and remove that, right? And so we, I don't. I try not to just diagnose the symptom, which is they're like, come fix this behavior. I tried to, to get to it. So whereas now I, did, I used to do so many team building trainings and I still do. I'm starting to do a lot more leadership trainings because when I talk to the leader and I ask them about their leadership and about their vision and their values and and what the culture they're trying to create and they go oh oh you're right and so i think it's it's really getting to the hearts of the leaders which is why i love speaking to leaders uh so much because they're the ones that can affect change they are change agents in their own organization and i hope that they realize that they are the ones I, I love that. There was a there was another example of a lady we worked with recently that um, unfortunately she can't, she's the owner, but she's not able to go into her center right now because her mom's very ill, um, and she felt so disconnected from the business because of that. I said, "Look, you don't need to be. One of the big things you can do is get on some Facebook lives, do some videos, share you know the values, everything you're about, stay connected with people. You know the benefit I think so much now of." social media or, or people used to be doing live videos and things like that. We, all of our team, and the same with our childcare centers, we always have them in, in a private elite group um, online, and we communicate with them. We tell them. I think sometimes as well, information, you know, maybe there's a, a text message or an email you've sent out to your team, and it can easily be taken the wrong way. So, you know, I think as, a, as an owner, you know, the, or the leaders in the business, it's our responsibility to make sure we communicate that in the right way to our team too, to ensure they don't take those things the wrong way. So any examples you've come across on that? How do you encourage your, your team or the clients you work with to better communicate that with their, with their team members? Well, I mean, I have to preach to the choir. This is the thing. I, I mean, I th- you, clarity is king. You have got to be clear on those messages. Even if you sound like you are a, a broken record, right? You've got to be clear. And so, yeah, you know, I understand, you know, life circumstances ha- are, are happening, but can you take a day or a morning? Can you time block maybe for someone else to step in and fill in your responsibilities so that you can go and sit down and connect with your people? Can you lead a meeting? Can you physically be there to kind of impart that vision? You know, I think it means so much to them sometimes when they come around and say, you know, right now, um, in this season, my role has changed a little bit. So I am trusting Miss So-and-so or Mr. So-and-so to handle the day-to-day operations. But, you know, I just want you to know, like, what you do matters. You matter to me, you matter to these families, and you matter to the kids. And and just having those 
one-on-one, -on -one, just even if it's just a short, quick pat on the back, if you can't, if you can't be there all the time, I think that if you, if you're concerned and you, and, and we do, we have that guilt tinge about not being there, especially if they're an Enneagram too, Nick, like they're a helper, right? And they yeah, feel like they're put on this earth to help people, but you've got a family member who needs your help the most, but yet you want to still be able to help your team. So it's finding that balance. And sometimes it's just saying, I'm going to block this time and I'm going to get in and connect. And I have to do that with my team because I still have a team of 40 employees and I'm traveling and I'm speaking at conferences. And so I have to start with my leaders. And so I have regular good communication with my leaders and I'm depending on my leaders to spill into having that good communication with my team. And then we still do like, you know, last night we had for one of our territories, we had our Christmas party, which was great because it was a Sunday evening. I was able to block off all our responsibilities and just focus on the joy of who they are and just hearing stories about how much they love their job and how they're inspired by what they do. And that is worth $10 million to me. It's just to hear that, you know, that they're bringing joy. And so we get so caught up in the, in the trouble, but, you know, and, and again, the holidays are a great time to connect, you oh, know, taking, you know, you know, visiting with each one of them, giving them a specific gift, writing them a specific note. Um, I think those personal touches really matter. I, I completely agree. Beth, you have given so much value to our listeners to this. I am so grateful. Um, I know you've got, well, you're busy all the time. Every time I speak to you, you've got so much going on. But I know you're particularly this week, you're traveling a lot. You've got a big uh, conference coming up. So I just want to say a massive shout out to you for giving up your time again to, to be a part of this and to, to continuously add value to this community. Um, guys, so Beth, how do people reach out to you? If they want to connect with you directly, what's the best way to reach out? Well, what, I really, what I'm really excited about that's coming up next after these events, Nick, is you're going to be a speaker at Leaders Lounge. So <laughs> we've got our big online summit coming up. It's leaderslounge.solutions. Um, it's a free summit for ECE leaders, Nick and I, and a ton of the uh, most amazing speakers in early education are going to be speaking at Leaders Lounge. It's a free conference. It runs January 13th through the 16th. So there's two days devoted to educators, you know, classroom teachers, and then there's two days devoted to leadership, business strategies, systems, and all of that. And I know you are one of the speakers. You've got such a great platform and such a great business, and I know you bring so much to ECE. So we've got amazing speakers. It's uh, Vernon Mason, Hami Wilchansky, you, uh, Scott from Kangaroo Time, Matt from Line Leader Child Care CRM, uh, Rachel Sapala, who's a child care business coach, Prana Richards, who's a behavior coach. I mean, just there's 20, I think 26 speakers. So mm -hmm. I'm so honored that you are a part of that. So that's leaderslaunch.solutions. That's coming up in January. But to find me, it's just at Beth Cannon Speaks everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and then LinkedIn. I'm just Beth Cannon. Perfect. So guys, make sure you reach out to Beth. You do not want to miss that conference as well. So make sure you go to leaderslounge.solutions. Go and get registered for that. It's a free event. Uh, so you make sure you need to go get, everyone get registered for that too. Beth, massive shout out to you once again. I'm extremely grateful for your time. And um, hopefully we'll catch up early in 2023 to get your thoughts on what's changing, what's going on in the industry and what to look out for. I think there are going to be lots of changes coming up, Nick. You know, I, I think we are, we're not leading in a crisis anymore. We are leading out of a crisis. And I think that the, the mindset that our leaders have, have has got to be, we are back to business and we have to help with the mindsets of, of our team. So yeah, I, I do see lots of changes, but this is what we know. Early education, childcare has gotten more emphasis and focus from the world because we are essential. And so what we've got to do is we've got to take that momentum and that leverage, and we've got to continue to keep that ball rolling. We can't let them forget about us. Yeah, I completely agree with you. 
Beth, I'm extremely grateful for you jumping on. Um, so hopefully what we'll do, we'll arrange another catch-up maybe early, you know, next year. And um, hope you enjoy the conference. And thank you so much once again for uh, jumping on with us. I'm really grateful. It's my pleasure and honor to be here. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Beth. We're on a mission to help business owners just like you to get more customers into their businesses and to help you stand out from your competition. If you'd like to find out more about the ways we can help your business, check out our website at childcarebusinessgrowth.com.